So we spent four weeks talking about being the culture of sharers. I would make y'all pop quiz, but for the sake of time, I won't. Um, remember, save, heal, align, restore, equip, release. So now that, now, now that we understand that we are a culture of sharers, the biggest thing that people do, go ahead and switch to the next slide, slide Trayon. But what people tend to do in terms of Christianity, they think that we are weak. And we also don't, we teach people how to do all this cool stuff, but we don't teach them how to fight. So now that we are a culture of sharers, you have to understand that there's, some, there's somebody who is not really rocking with you. And I haven't said this in years. I am excited to say this. I, uh, I am excited and elated. So we, the, we about to make this for real, for real. Y'all ready? Listen, I'm going to look at the camera. I'm going to look at y'all too. The devil don't like you. He ain't never like you. He is not your friend. He is not your buddy. He is not your boo. He is not your pal. He is not your pen pal. He is not your partner. He is not your associate or even your acquaintance. His job, according to the word, is to steal, kill, and destroy. So why would you want to kick it with somebody who wants to steal, kill, and or destroy something? He don't like you. And the thing is, when you are... The thing is, when you are doing thing, when you are doing the will of God, you notice there's, there's attacks and resistance and things like that, right? His mission is to stop the flow, amen. So as you're sharing and as you're living your best life and doing and you know living a life that, that's honoring God authentically, He's going to try to come in. And I'm the first one to tell people and the, tell people when they, when they when they come come to um to the knowledge of Christ and come to salvation is that this is not going to be the end of your suffering. If he was dealing with stuff, he was fighting with stuff, you might be still fighting with it. But God gives us the strength and the strategy to fight the battle. So the title of our next, of our current series is called You Can Catch These Hands. It was almost knuck if you book, but I think we're not there yet. Or cash me outside, how about that? <laughs> but, you, but here's the thing, that there's something about our hands. These are, our hands are like, are interesting because they're both, they're both tools of building, they're tools of care, that you know, you, you cook with them, you, you, if you, it's kind of hard to live a life without hands. But the same things that build and restore can also be the same things that tear down. And the problem is in the church is that we have, that we have been hoodwinked, tricked, and bamboozled into believing that our enemy is sitting right across from us. The devil is a liar. That, you know, when, when those same old trials and tribulations try to pop up for a round two, that, it, that, that the devil just thinks he can have a heyday. And we have been taught We've been taught how to name and claim it, blab it and grab it, and cry out and stuff, but we have not been taught how to fight or not even be aware that the fight is coming. So y'all ready for this journey? Y'all ready for this journey? So we got this week, next week, the week after that, a break, another break, and the evening service on the 21st is the closer. So y'all ready? They don't want to have to catch these hands, Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for bringing us together. God, you gave me the scriptures. I'll put it together, Lord God, so that way your word 
can speak life and speak truth and propel us forward into the directions that you have called us to go. Lord God, we come against anything that will try to block the word from coming forth. We pray that technology works, that internet connections stay connected in the name of Jesus. We pray that everything functions the way that it needs to be, Lord God. Now, even with the recordings, however many we have, Lord God, that they don't even mess up because this is a word for now and a word for our future. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so the title of today's message is, 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 is a trap. Now, I, I'm a nerd, and one of the Star Wars movies, you have Admiral Akbar. And, you know, they're flying into this thing, and Admiral Ak Akbar has a revelation. He says, it's a trap. <laughs> You're like, what? He, he, he literally looks like, like, like a jacked up fish. Google a picture of, a, of Admiral Akbar. He's like, it's a trap, just like that. So lately, remember, my job is to make sure that, to, that the sheep are safe. And, like, you know, I pay attention to what goes on. Y'all think I don't be watching, but I do. Uh, I watch and pray. I mean, it's my, it's, I have to do it. And, like, sometimes, like, I can see stuff coming before you see it or see that you're in it. And you want to go, why, why am I doing it? Because it's a trap. Go with me. These scriptures are not in here. Not on there, but we won't be gonna. I told y'all we gonna go ahead and handle this. Now I'm gonna keep it real, 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 real. All right. So don't get mad at me because this is what the word said. I ain't say it. I ain't write these words. The word said it. Proverbs 26, 11 and twelve. So first of all, we're gonna talk about cycles. Can we talk about cycles? People don't talk about cycles enough. Because half the time, like sometimes we have literally run around here like chickens, not even chickens, with dogs chasing our tail. The dog is, sees this thing coming behind it and you never come up behind the dog. We all know that, right? You never approach a dog from behind because it's danger complex will come off and, and you, might be, you might end up with, with, with a dog accessory on your hand. Proverbs 26, 11, and 12. So, Here's the thing. We come to this altar. We come to the place of prayer. We come to the place of freedom. And then we have this moment, God set me free. God healed me. God, God, God did all this stuff. But then the same stimulus comes. The same thing, the same trigger comes, right? And we're left with a decision. Y'all ready? 26, 11 through 12 says, Proverbs 26, 11 through 12 says this, and I'm reading from the Christian standard. As a dog returns to its vomit, so also a fool repeats its foolishness. Do you see a person who is wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. So, so the first round of cycles is this, that you, that you get free from something. You break up with that. How y'all had a bad relationship? I have several bad relationships. Or even watch your friends go through a bad relationship. So they go through the relationship, right? And they go, I'm going to leave him, okay? Or I'm going to leave her. So they leave, right? And then what happens? They go right back. Oh, he different. Oh, he changed. Right. Right. So we go into the cycle because the cycle is what we know. This deep. We just, hang, we just hanging out and talking today on this one. That the cycle is what we know. So when we're pulled out of that cycle and we're made uncomfortable, 
the cycle or the cycler, what have you, and tighten because, hey, it says sweet nothings brings you right back in. That's the same thing with the enemy. That's why, that's why temptation is a whole thing. I mean, Matthew 4 talks about the temptation of Jesus. And he, yes, the devil tried Jesus, y'all. He tried him real hard. He put forth effort. He was like, hey, I know you're hungry. Now, Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and praying. I know you're hungry. Man, shall I eat by bread alone, by, by every word that proceeds out the, out the mouth of God? Well, you know what? Jump off this building. Don't put God to the test. I'll give you everything in the world. Pretty much the sort Jesus was like, I already have everything, so what's next? Now, the problem with us is that we don't understand or we have not been taught or told the authority we have in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That if Jesus said, if, if, if Jesus says it's so, it is so. If he doesn't say it's so, it's not so. That we as heirs of God, we are, we are the sons and the daughters of God. I, Pastor Trey, should I preach glory carriers again before the end of the year? Yeah. All right, we're going to do that because getting the concept of sonship and, and daughtership when it comes to the kingdom. That uh, pretty much a son or a daughter is not just because you have birthright. A son or a daughter means that you can handle the responsibility of the inheritance. In the Greek, is wheels. That, that we are the sons and the daughters, the heirs and co-heirs of, of, of God. And that's where we stand on our authority. But the problem is we break out of the cycle, and because we are so comfortable in the cycle, we go back to it, not realizing that you're going back into a cage. If a dog throws something up, it is not a bird. It's not walking up to the puppies and going, eh, to the puppies to make it eat. It's throwing up something because something has upset its stomach. If you see a dog eating grass, you should probably worry because it has a stomach ache. But dogs don't know. But dogs don't know no better. That's the metaphor. Because the dog doesn't know any better, it eats what it just threw up. Sometimes we have to make we have to make a decision that I'm not going to keep eating what I just threw up. I'm not going to keep going back to Egypt. Let me tell you all that story. So, wilderness, Israelites, we had a good in Egypt. We had food. We had three square meals. Yeah, he beat, yeah, they beat the bricks out of us to make bricks for them. But <laughs> y'all know I just said cucumbers. Anyway, um, and we had a good, and Moses is like, but you was in bondage. Hold up. You was all the way in slavery. You were enslaved. But that's what they know. A part of the walk of salvation, because we have a lot of people who are new to the faith or who, or you know, you, you, you're getting your bearings again, what have you. The thing about salvation and, and walking with God is this, is that what glitters is, might not be gold. Some, and, and salvation and walking with God is the long game. Don't go for the short game because the short game will entrap you. Amen. If y'all were expecting me to be hooping and hollering and stuff, I ain't doing that today. I, I did that. I did that yesterday. Praise God, I ain't doing that today. 
So we have to walk in wisdom. Wisdom is applied knowledge. Y'all know that, right? But literally, the definition of wisdom is applied knowledge. You can know something, but until you do it, you cannot, it doesn't imprint in your mind. So if, so, my grandfather says this, which y'all get to, y'all get to meet him on, on November 14th. He says this, especially in relationships. If, you always do the, always do the previews, right? So if you see a lizard rising out of the Pacific Ocean that is green, and you see people, you see Japanese people going, Godzilla, you already know how this is going in. You already, you already know how this is going to go. But yeah, people, but, but people, people like like comedy and want to see a good show. Okay, I'm just gonna stand here and watch Godzilla, and then here come Mothra. And then you have people going, "Ah, oh, Godzilla!" You know how this ends. When we're walking with God, the enemy is going to try to tempt you. I'm not just saying that because it's the thing. I'm saying it because I am human. I am flesh and bone, and temptation happens. Amen. Hallelujah. But the thing is, you have to identify when the trap comes. So if you know that, 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 that Ray Ray, Boogaloo, Shaquita, whatever their name is, is not good for you, don't go back. That was my problem. Again, with stuff that, that I've dealt with in the past is that, you know, it's like, but like I, I kept running back to the vomit. I'm talking about me. I know, I know you think about, yeah, there have been some times I ran back to the vomit too, Cass. I can't even judge you. Can't even judge you. But the biggest issue is that we live in our own understanding. And that scripture is reiterated in 2 Peter 2, 17 to 22. Now let me give you context of where this is. That the whole second chapter of, of, of 2 Peter deals with false prophets. And how to avoid them, how to understand your purpose and your plan. So I encourage you, especially in the times that we're in, go back and read it. So it's a good time, I'm telling you, all right. So verse 17, 2 Peter 2, 17 to 22 says this. These people are springs without water, mist driven by a storm. The gloom of darkness has been reserved for them. For by uttering boastful empty words, they seduce which, with fleshly desires and debauchery, people who have barely escaped from, from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption, since people are enslaved to whatever defeats them. For if having escaped the world's impurity through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in these things and be undefeated. The last state is worse for them than the first, for it would have been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than, after knowing it, to turn back from the holy command delivered to them. It has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a washed sow returns to wallowing in the mud. As we go through these cycles, as we deal with these things, we, we, we begin to live in our own thinking and our own understanding. That's why you'll see people from time to time, they come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, but then they end up going back into the cycles, going back to the same thinking, going back to the same understanding. That yes, they, yes, yes, they, yes they, 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 they said that prayer, but because of the choices that they've made, they've, they've chosen to walk away because the cycle was more comfortable. And then they're wondering why, why am I still stuck in the same place and the same thinking and the same understanding? Because you put your thoughts and your thinking before what God has for you. Remember, salvation is, a, is the long game. Don't go for the short game. But the Bible says the race is not given to the swift or to the strong. 
But the one that endures to the end? Avoiding the traps means you have to go, you have to, un, you have to understand where the traps are. You cannot continue living, I'm glad I'll say it, can I find I'll say it, y'all? You cannot continue to live in insanity. What is insanity? Doing the same thing and expecting a different result. As a believer, we can, as believers, we can no longer live in insanity. The Bible also says, let this mind be in me that is also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. Because Paul was speaking to them, but you, but you get the idea. That uh, our minds need to be in Christ. And that, that the Bible also says in Romans 12, 1, do not be trans- conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that means as you walk this walk, stuff has to be broken. Otherwise, you're going to be a lion in the cage. And if you see big cats who are, who are caged, what do they do? They circle. They're stuck. Half the reason why we see people stuck in where they are is because they're not willing to break the cycle. Honey, it's a trap. It's a whole trap. Because while you think you're progressing, you're spinning your wheels. Because here's the thing, they circled, and I learned this years ago, that they circled to find a way out. That's why you have to be strategic in how you feed them, because if you go up in there, and especially if they don't like you, guess what? You dinner, you might be breakfast and lunch. You might be leftovers. Not leftovers. That's why you see lions, if they're mistreated, they... Because they've been trapped all of their lives. They cannot fulfill their created purpose. Let's be honest. Who has ever felt in your life that you cannot fulfill your created purpose? I know I have. I've, I've been there a few times that, that I know what God created for me to do, and you are, hind- you are hindering progress. That you are hindering progress, and you are hindering the blessing that God has, has for me. So I'm just going to circle these walls. We have to break cycles. We have to break the cycle of generational curses. We have to break the cycles of poverty. Yes, poverty is a cycle that can be broken. And I'm not talking of going from zero to rapper rich. I'm talking of going from poverty to, to lower middle class or something. To, make, to making sure that you have more, more money than your month. We have to break the cycle of abuse. People, here's the thing. People don't talk about abuse in the church. Showed up. People got women getting their weave snatched, getting stuff, getting the bricks beat off them. They even having men getting beat down, verbally, verbally abused, emasculated, all this stuff. We have to break that cycle because you can't move forward. How can you can't share if you're stuck in the cage? So being willing to break the cycle means you have to be willing to fight. I got all these scriptures, but we just can we just gonna live here. We'll, uh, we'll don't appear again in, a new, in another message. We have, but just, but we have to understand that the enemy wants to trap us. He wants to block us. He wants to block us from moving forward. God is a God of forward motion. So we have to be willing to surrender the cycles to Him so we can be free. And also be aware of the things that come that will try to pop up, pop up in your way. Be aware of the things that cause you to want to go back to go back to how things were, or go back to your Egypt. I don't know what your Egypt is. 
I don't know. I know what my Egypt is. I don't want to go back. I almost lost everything. I don't want to go back. You have to be able to identify. You have to be able to identify the trap. So if, if it's that man or that woman you with, if they're the trap, here's the thing. Part of, part of this process means you might have to let folk go. People might have to be fired from friendship. Not even fired, but moved out of your inner circle to at least the middle. To get to where you want, to get to where you need to go. And the thing is, God is calling all of us as a church to a higher level. And the thing is, I was fussing at God. I'm like, God, why am I so isolated? I feel so alone. I don't have any friends really in Lancaster. If I just want to kick it, either I go to Alabama, hire it. Either I go to Alabama, or I go to Georgia, I got to go to Indiana. I got to go, because like all my close, close friends are not here. But the reason why it is the way that it is is because I had to let, I had to give people that pink slip. I, they, I, had to, I had to transfer their membership of my friendship to somewhere else. Because when I was with them, they were a trap. That's deep. I know many of us have dealt with breakups. I know some of you have dealt with divorces and things like that because the other person was blocking you from your God, from your purpose, or, or you know, they did not see see the value that God has put in you. All of you are treasures. All of you are valued, and I need you to understand that. But, but if you're still stuck in that situation, if you know he, she, or they, or or what, uh, whatever their gender identification is, if they are if they're an issue, if they're blocking you from where you need to go in God, it might be time to skedaddle, because God wants you to be free. Even dealing with the issue of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a trap. I'm going to say that again. Unforgiveness is a trap. Because here's the thing. When you're dealing in unforgiveness, you're literally allowing that person to still have control over your life and over your thinking because you'll make decisions because that person hurt you. It's a trap. Second Corinthians 2, 5 through 11 says this. If anyone has caused pain, he has caused pain, not so much to me, but to some degree, not to exaggerate, to all of you. This punishment by the majority is sufficient for that person. As a result, you should instead forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overwhelmed by excessive grief. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. I wrote for this purpose to test your character to see if you are obedient in everything. Anyone you forgive, I do too. For what have I forgiven if I have forgiven anything? It is to your benefit in the presence of Christ, so that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Literally, unforgiveness blocks you from where God's calling you to go. And I'm, I'm going to keep saying this. All of you are valuable. All of you are worth it. You have a purpose. You have a calling. You have a destiny that was in you before you were formed in your mother's womb. It doesn't matter where you are now. God's going to use the now to get you to the next. But you got to let some folk go. You have to let some things go. I literally had to spend time as I was counseling, getting counseling and things like that, I literally had to go through the list of the people I needed to forgive. And there's one person who I needed to forgive in particular, and I'm going to flat out say who it was. It was my ex-stepfather. I thought I forgave him. I thought I did. I thought I, like, but it was like that Tyler Perry play forgiveness. 
Did you forgive him? But you, but part of the reason why things were happening in my life is because it came from that seed of rejection, even that seed of disappointment. So I literally, and it's been 20 years, 20 years since my mom was married to him. But I had to make a decision to forgive him. Another person I had to forgive was my father. Yes, the church that we're going to next Sunday. I had to forgive him because what I thought was, a th was one thing actually was another. That's part of the reason he and I have the relationship we have now is because I finally let the little boy grow up and forgive him for the things that happened, for the things that hurt me. So that way I was able to move forward in God. There was a situation, again, I told you in a couple years, I'm, I'll be, might be able to tell, I might be able to tell you all about it, but right now we won't praise God that is over. That the person involved was very close to me. And it hurt hard. And in the midst of all of that, I am not going to be crying on Zuckerberg's Facebook today. In the midst of all that, I'm learning to forgive. Because I don't want nobody's, mis nobody's necessary mistakes to block me from what God has for me. I'm literally, I'm learning to forgive. And when the hurt comes, remember, salvation is what? Salvation is the long game, right? Don't go for the short place. I, I could go for the short place as much as I, I could, woo, 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 Petty is in my, my middle name, Petty. P-E to the T-T-Y. And I'll, th I'll throw good shade too. But rather than go to the short game, I keep walking. Because the detour, because it's a trap. What do I gain from being trapped? Nothing. What do I gain for allowing someone else to block me from God? Nothing. So I'm going to walk that, I'm going to keep going on that long game. For some of us, the trap is fear. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. That means, remember, remember we talked about demonstration, right? You no, know, the place of demonstration is not what you can do, it's love. Because love is the foundation of anything. Okay, so you can't have power if you don't have love. You can't have a sound mind if you don't have love. Now listen, over the course of the next year or so, we're going to be working on some stuff about critical thinking when it comes to the church, because we have lost how to do that. A sound mind walks in wisdom. A sound mind does things that makes sense. But fear is, but fear in itself might be, is, is more likely irrational. But we let fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear of the unknown stop us from getting to where God wants us to go. Then guess what? We're entrapped. We're that lion. We're that tiger. We're that cheetah circling. Just circling. Trying, trying to find a way out. Hatred is a trap. 
Hatred is a trap. I'm, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna let the word speak for this one. First John 4, 15 through 21. First John 4, 15 through 21. I'm gonna say it again. First John 4, 15 through 21 says this. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe that love that God has for us. God is love and the one who remains in love remains in God and God remains in him. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, listen to this. If anyone says, I love God and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God who he has not seen. And we have this command from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. True vision. Can I go here for a hot second? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. We have literally seen the worst of humanity in the past three or four years. Would y'all agree with that? Literally. And people, even at each other. And you have to understand that this is a weapon of the enemy. Let me explain to you how this trap works because we are, we are, it has been prophesied that we have been called to it, that we are entering a season of the greatest revival ever seen in Christendom. And the thing is, revival requires unity. But so if I can make you mad because of who I voted for, if I can make you mad because of who I, who, because uh, of beliefs and stuff that really don't matter besides the blood of Jesus Christ, if I can get mad, if I can create anger and enmity be between you because of racism, because of all these things, you can't fulfill your, you can't fulfill the role. It's a trap. It's a whole trap. God calls us to unity. Here's the thinking, with unity, there has to be atonement. Y'all remember the, 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 the uh, word origin of atonement, right? At one meant. At one meant. 15th century English. At one meant. Meaning the state of being in alignment with God. And sometimes in atonement, there has to be exposure. Amen? I'm going to say this again. In, in times of atonement, there has to be exposure because you are, the reason why you have to atone is because you have caused a sin. So let's just lay it out there. Part of the reason why, why the stuff with race has been exposed and has been happening is because God needs, needs the church to atone for that. Flat out. Period. Full stop. Because racist ideologies have been justified by the American church through bad interpretation of scripture. This is, I'm not making this up. I'm not lying. Check your history books. The church used the Bible as a weapon and a mechanism for slavery, as a mechanism for racism, as a mechanism for Jim Crow. And the thing is, we refuse to face it because if we kept facing it, that is like our biggest blight. That is our biggest sin, that we use the word of God to subjugate people, and we still do it to this day. Mm -hmm. 
So the biggest, so we have, so we have to deal with that. We have to address that. That's all. We might do a whole uh, mid, mid gathering so I can break down this knowledge because I don't have time today. But the biggest, but the biggest thing is that 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 we have been living in a trap as a country, as the church, because we have allowed ourselves to let division come into the house. We have allowed ourselves to 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 allow politics to divide us. Here's the thing: God is not a Democrat. God is not a Republican. God is holy. He don't care about who you vote for. The Bible says we vote after rulers of our, after, after our own hearts anyway. Look at the story, look at the story of King, how King Saul became king. God said, all right, give them what they want, but give them the person after their own heart. Hello, somebody. It's a trap. It is meant for your destruction. We have to be willing to not take the short roads, but take the long road, take, play the long game. And when the trap either, so when, the, when you, when you want to go left or when the trap, or when you see a trap on the road, avoid it. But if you get caught, you better fight. The weapons of our warfare are not of this world, but they are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. What do you mean? Quit yelling at folk and start praying for them. Quit talking about folk and start praying for them. Pray for yourself. Go to battle for yourself. Fight. That's the one thing that the church has not taught people to do collectively. That, oh, we got our warfare and our intercessors, but you got to be able to get on your hands and your knees. You have to be able to get on your face, and you have to be able to fight. How do we fight? We fight through, through prayer. We fight through fasting. Fasting is not, just, is not just a New Testament practice. It was established in the Old Testament. We talked about that with the conversion of Paul. You got to so Jesus even said these things come out through what? Prayer and fasting. So sometimes you go to get out that trap, you're going to have to fight. To get direction where you're going next, you're, you're going to have to fight because the enemy of our souls does not want you to progress forward. This ain't me being scary, being fear-mongering, that I grew up in that. I'm, this is me being, being totally honest, as Pastor Trey would say. If the trap snares you, you better fight. And the Bible also says, it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every word spoken, will, I, I will condemn. So can we get out the trap? Can we get out the trap, y'all? Online, can we get out the trap? I'm going to give you this point, then we're going to pray, and then do our closing stuff. Why did it call a trap house a trap house? That... So, so let me get, let me give you this let me give you this piece of knowledge that I forgot which city was that that the origin of the word trap house is that the drug houses will be at the end of a one way street 
and that everybody had to go down that one-way street. The reason why it was called a trap house is because you could not get out because it was a dead end. So the police would come and literally trap you and arrest you. For a lot of us, for a lot of us, all of us, there's something. Everybody got they something. You hear me say that? Everybody got they something, right? No judgment, no shade, just truth. Everybody got they something. And there's something that we feel like we can't get out of. There's things in our lives that we feel like we cannot get out of, we cannot break through, we cannot get free from. But the thing is, the Bible says that he always provides a way of escape. You can get out of it. You can be free. The Bible says who the son has set free is free indeed. You can be free, but the freedom comes through Jesus Christ. All right, so it's time to get out the trap. Time to get out, get out the trap house, get out, get out the booby trap, get out the zoo, get out, the, get out the cage, get out. So that way you can walk and do what God's called you to do. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you for the revelation that you've released today. And Lord God, I pray for every single person right now who feels like they are living in a trap. And Lord God, we decree and declare freedom in the name of Jesus. Lord, we know that you are you you are the key to our freedom. You are our key, the key to our hope. And I decree and declare right now that we are we are hopeful. We are we are fighting the battle. We are fighting the battle through word. We're fighting our, the battle through worship. We're fighting our, the battle through prayer and fasting. Lord God. And Lord God, I, I, I put my prayers on top of the prayers of the people in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, your word, the word says if, 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 you, if, if it's one, you send a thousand to, a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand, Lord God. So we all come together and we cast these things to flight in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray that cycles be broken this week. I pray that people realize realize they're going back to their vomit or they're chasing their tail or, or, or they're going back to the, to the wallowing mud and say, hey, I need to finish this. Hey, I need to get out of this. Hey, I need to break this chain. I can't be here anymore. And Lord God, I pray that you also send people their way, even if it's us, to equip them to get out of the trap and start walking forward toward the kingdom. And Lord, I thank you. Lord God, I thank you for honoring us with this word. I thank you for speaking this word into us, Lord God, to teach us how to fight, to teach us how, how, teach us how, to, how, to, how, to, how to battle the enemy when he tries to come against us, Lord. And God, we give you glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.